Hey folks, I am Michael J. Penny. Welcome to the five paragraph business plan tutorials. By now, you've looked through the materials and have got the book sitting in front of you. You've seen how the five paragraph business plan is action oriented, breaking big, huge plans down into bite sized objectives. Now, during this tutorial, we are going to talk about the admin and logistics paragraph, more specifically the break even analysis. Some of the terms, the commonly used terms that are associated with business, specifically in the investment side, because we're framing up the ask. And then I'm going to briefly talk about some of the logistics considerations, which you're going to see more of in the book, but also how to leverage your relationships in order to meet your objectives. Okay, so it's the ask and then how to leverage your relationships in order to meet some of that ask, in order to concentrate the ask that you are presenting to would-be investors, shareholders, uh, employees, other business owners. And you'll see what I mean as we start getting through the nitty-gritty. So again, I thank you for listening to these tutorials. Please go ahead, get the guidebook, check it out, get it in front of you so that you can read along with us and see some of these different things that we're talking about in the book. And I explain them a little bit more detail. Uh, keep in mind, I want you to know that this is a guidebook. This is not necessarily everything you need to know about writing a business plan. The plan itself, the structure of the plan, it is an outline. It is something for you to be able to go back to as a backbone, right? So you go off, you gather certain details. This book is going to get you to stretch your mind, to get outside of your structure, creatively, creatively speaking, in order to go out and grab those certain elements that you need to flesh, to flesh out that backbone and create your overall structure for the plan. We always talk in 30,000 foot perspective and then hone it down in, right? We always bring it way out there for the overall picture. Now, if you're following along in the episodes and you're still scratching your head from the last one, I totally get it. We were talking about pro forma. We were talking about a few of the different things as far as like the income statement, the balance sheet. We were talking about cash flow analysis. And I really went through some more of the cash flow analysis so that you understand that when we're, when we're talking about cash flow, we're talking about it is based on the cash that is on hand. It's not acral accounting, okay? So it's how much money you will actually need. Uh, and then we're going to go into the break-even analysis so that you can show how you've determined that, okay? So the break-even analysis, very simply put, shows where off in the future your company is going to become profitable. And that might be your company, your division, your section, whatever it winds up being. The, the project that you're working on becomes profitable. That is where you have sold X amount of units and or you have gotten to a certain amount of dollars and cents where now you are turning a profit. Okay? And they are they they meet alternatively on a bias and show you where in raw data, okay? And again, this is in logical numbers. This is before we have applied any of that naturalistic stuff that we were talking about before, any of that 
okay, there might be seasonal effectiveness that's going on here. There might be other environmental effects that are taking place, okay? So that goes into your overall projected sales, right? That goes into your cost structure and so on and so forth. That needs to be done and baked in up above before getting into your break-even analysis. Because what you're doing is you're outlining all of the different moving parts that are cost concern or cost related. We have to have this in order to make the business function and get the product out to the people. So here's the thing though. In a break-even analysis, you will need to calculate the total fixed costs in order to determine the contribution margin and the contribution margin ratio. Then use that information to determine the break-even point. Okay, so fixed costs are constant costs, such as rent or a long-term lease, depreciation, salaries, insurance, etc., so on. They are independent to business activity and otherwise known as overhead or fixed costs. Okay, so I'm reading this out of the book so that you can kind of follow along with us and see what I'm talking about. Now, I put in here also some very generic, call them business 101 formulas that are out there. Okay, I get it. Some of you, this is just, you know, sandbox type stuff. Some of you, it's entry level, so we need to get into to the weeds. If this doesn't pertain to you and you're already an expert and you've got a financial background or something along those lines, by all means, I, I get it. You're you're skipping the, the what you would consider easy stuff, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not that guy. I am not at all that guy. I have to research and go back through my formulas all the time. I am the guy who wants to know what are the formulas that I need to do so that I sound intelligent when I'm standing in front of the people that matter. That's, that's pretty much it. I really don't want to go out there and embarrass myself. That's not That's never my intent is to go out and embarrass myself. I'm always looking to improve. And I'm always looking for uh, all of the details that are necessary in order to show proficiency, in order to show uh, comprehension. Okay, and that's truthfully what you're doing when you get into the weeds on all of your costs. Okay, when you're squirreling away trying to figure out all of the different things that you need. And there are some things that you want in business, and I understand that. And there are things that you need in order to function in business. That's what we're talking about here, okay? So I need to stress that because we're going to get into fixed costs and variable costs. Fixed costs are associated with those daily functions. They're independent of business activity, okay? And then you've got your variable costs that are associated with the output. That might be associated with the manufacturing, the sales, so on and so forth. These come into play when we're discussing the contribution margin, okay? So what it's showing is, and, and I, I put this in the book as well, that these various ratios are actually showing that you have gone all the way down to a given product and shown how, how much cost is associated with producing that product in relation to the revenue that is being gained so that you can show based on a given product at a given point, that is when we're going to be able to turn a profit. Okay, so whenever I talk about this, I'm always 
using these hand gestures, like looking off into the distance, looking off into the future in relation to time. Okay, but when you get out there timeline-wise, keep in mind that there are other environmental effects which will... There are unforeseen elements. That is why you have established and will be establishing more contingencies along the way for these different unforeseen elements, okay? So we're talking about hard numbers, but when you do your break-even analysis, the chart can't just be, oh, it goes from bottom left to upper right. There you go. That's where we're going to break even. Those are the models that you see in all of the textbooks, right? It's always... It goes from origin to high right, and you're you're plotting X and Y on, on a graph, you know. Bear in mind that as you're going along throughout the progressive stages within your business, let's say, for instance, within the first year to three years, now you have the ability to purchase more product raw materials, let's say, or raw goods that are necessary to create your product. Now you can buy them in bulk thus reducing your overall cost and increasing your overall output. Well, now the, 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 the costs that are associated with that given product have gone down. Therefore, they have a greater contribution margin. Therefore, your break-even analysis has actually lessened, so to speak. The time that it would otherwise take to go and break even has lessened. And that is because you have analyzed all of those costs and realized the lever that you can pull within the business in order to go and say, you know what, I need to negotiate lower costs here and I need to negotiate higher prices, sales prices here. And in doing so, I will then in turn increase profitability in the long, in the long run or in the long term. That is a whole lot of explanation. But what you're doing is you're compiling each one of the product's data. You join that together into a product line. That comprises a revenue stream within a market, multiple revenue streams within a target market, and then further growth into broader markets, which then in turn generates more capital and increases the sustainability of the company in the long term, as well as the overall growth. That's a lot, right? But that's what we're talking about. If you want to have a long-term company, you need to narrow it all the way down to where you know when you sell a product, you are chipping away just a little bit towards that break-even point. And if you it can increase the price that you're selling it for while de decreasing your costs, you're then going to lessen the amount of time that it takes in order to break even. So you heard me mention sale price. That's the cost that the customer would pay at retail. That's your retail price. It's not associated with discounts. So when you start putting in discount pricing and what have you, now your price overall changes. Okay, so when you're doing a break-even analysis, and you don't need to go into such great detail, I get it. But when you look at a break-even analysis, uh you're seeing all of these numbers that are trickled across a spreadsheet, essentially, okay? And what you're looking at a sales price column, but then you're looking at a discount price column as well. And you're looking at the different margin that is associated with those different columns. And I know that it seems like a lot to take in. That is why we had that confidence-boosting 
episode, I have faith in you. Okay, and I have faith in you because I am not an accountant. <laughs> I am not an accountant. I don't I don't have a financial background. I do not at all at all. These are elements that are business 101. I took a you know, a lot of that education as far as going through school and what have you through college. But I've got to tell you and I can't stress it enough, I'm not a CPA, okay? I'm talking through a lot of these terms based upon that knowledge that I gained along the way. But I'm also doing it to the standpoint that I'm deadly, okay? Not just dangerous. I have the ability to look at some of these different things and analyze what that number means so that I can associate it with a physical representation in space. That's what I need to be able to do. I'm auditory, I'm visual, I'm kinesthetic. That is why the five-paragraph business plan is simple and it's outline, quote-unquote, in nature. It is a backbone. Okay, for something to be able to go off, come back, now I have a structure, a method to be able to go forth and lead this company. So we left off talking about sales price. Now I want to move into variable costs, which are all the costs associated with producing and selling and dis- and distributing a product, okay? So it's the raw materials, labor, sales force, energy consumption, so on and so forth. It's all of these different variables that are associated toward the cost of a product. Variable cost. The contribution margin, that equals the sale price minus variable cost to create the individual product. And then you've got the contribution margin ratio for a given product, which is the contribution margin divided by the sales price. And you have the contribution margin ratio for a revenue stream, which is the contribution margin divided by the revenue for the overall product line. That, keep in mind, is why I mentioned the discount rates. Because then what you can do is, in comparison to your contribution margin for a given product, you can show what the overall product line looks like, and then you can break it down to the contribution margin in a given product based upon the discount. The more detail that you have the ability to break it down to, the more powerful you are going to be. The more power you have. Keep in mind that an investor is empowering you. I'm hoping that your leaders inside of your organization are empowering you. Empowerment means that you get more power with more power. You get more responsibility, more work. So I just, I need to make that point right here when we're talking about contribution margin and why it matters. If somebody asks you, what's the contribution margin on your product? You would just think through a lot of stuff in order to get there. So now we're going to go into the break-even point in sales and break-even point in units. And these formulas are in the book as well. So follow along in the guidebook. Get it in front of you. Get these formulas in front of you. They're right at your fingertips. So when you're down in the outline and you're trying to figure out what I'm talking about, jump right back up. In the guidebook, you have the explanatory information. And then you have your workbook, which is the outline at the tail end of the book with all of the templates. It's got your MetTTSL template so that you can fill it out the entire course. But then it's also got your overall five-paragraph business plan and outline format. Let's say, for instance, you want another template that's outside of that. No problem. The templates always live at fiveparagraph.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and then just fill out your stuff and bam. They're always at the bottom. 
So we'll keep, there will be other information that plugs in or what have you, but the templates will always be at the bottom. Click, bam, all the way down, get the templates. If you're one of the those people, like I'm a skeptic, I always am, download the templates that are on there, listen through these episodes, and then I'm challenging you. Give us 15 minutes of your time. Contact one of our advisors. Okay, get on the phone with us. And within that 15 minutes, we're going to be able to hone in on a starting point for, for where you can springboard off of. And oh, by the way, you're getting a free workbook out of it. So our advisors are going to go through the questionnaire, fill out the template. They're going to put it together for you, and then you've got a workbook. And then you can come back and go back through the episodes. If you need greater detail, go through the guidebook, join the forum. We're doing fiveparagraph.com forward slash forum, right? That's out there. We've also got links to the forum on the page. Join the community. Be a part of this. Start discussing things. Start cross-talking with other business leaders and entrepreneurs who are out there or executive leaders that are out there. Start engaging with one another, okay? So on here, we're talking about, again, this is break even, and I want to wrap up this section, then we're going to flow right through our common formulas and terms, okay, as far as investors are concerned, through to our ask. And I'm going to wrap this episode up with some of the logistics and considerations to make when building relationships. Business is about building relationships. Emotional intelligence is of extreme value in business. Let me tell you what. Okay, so if you can do a value exchange, you're going to be able to alleviate a lot of these costs, and then you're going to be able to reduce or concentrate your ask, all right? So break-even point in sales, simply put, is the fixed costs divided by the contribution margin ratio. The break-even point in units is the fixed costs divided by the contribution margin of a single unit. Okay, so we put it like this. Because you had to go through and know what your sales price was going to be, what your variable costs are in relation to that sales price, which is how you're probably gauging that price point, not just your own costs, but a potential competitor's sales price. Bear that in mind when you're looking to do your own price point. So with the sales price and variable costs, then you have the ability to get the contribution margin as well as the contribution margin ratio for a product and a revenue stream. Then you have the ability through cost analysis earlier on where you determine the fixed costs. Those are the overhead costs that are associated with daily operations. So now when you do your break-even point in sales and units, you take your fixed costs and you divide that by the contribution margin ratio. Or the for break-even point in units, you divide it by the contribution margin of a single unit. So notice how they build on top of one another. Okay, so in the previous episode, I talked about pro forma and the fact that you're going to have to generate it. You can do this. Then we spoke of break-even analysis, but now we're bringing it all the way down into the individual product so that you can see the way that sale price variable costs then affects the overall contribution margin and how contribution margin in relation to your fixed costs now gives you the general standpoint of where you're going to break even. This break even analysis in units and in sales, okay, so in both of these is used to build your timeline for a return on the investment in the long term. This will give you a point on that graph essentially where it goes from origin high right in a straight line 
It's not going to naturally work like that, right? There are other effects of business, but this gives you a point to start with off in the distance, right? A goal to work towards off in the distance. Now what you have the ability to do is alleviate some of those costs, increase sales points. You're going to see different environmental effects and that grid is, or excuse me, that graph is going to change. Your break-even analysis will change a little bit, but those different variables they all go into when and how you're going to return on that investment. Some of the commonly used terms and formulas are also mentioned in the glossary of terms. Uh, but I put it here in the financial portion so that you can speak intelligently to those, to those specific terms and those specific formulas in your five-paragraph business plan. We talk about revenue as far as the income gained through business activity. We talk about cost of goods sold, gross margin, gross profit, operating profit, uh, assets, liabilities, shareholder equity. Why we bring this up is because the balance sheet formula is found down here. We spoke of you need to create a balance sheet. And I touched on this briefly earlier on in a previous episode. Please listen to them con- Listen to them in order. Let me put it to you that way. The balance sheet formula, simply put, is the assets equals liabilities plus shareholders' equity. Okay, so if you want to get the balance sheet formula, then you need to break it all the way back up. What is an asset? Or, excuse me, break it all the way back down. What is an asset? What is a liability? What does shareholders' equity really mean? Shareholders' equity is the total assets minus total liabilities. The balance sheet formula is assets equals liabilities plus shareholders' equity. What does shareholders' equity really mean? It's the total assets minus total liabilities. Okay, so I'm not trying to whiz past you with all of these terms. What I'm saying is they're outlined inside of the book. These were some of the terms that I always went back to, you know, search engines and everything else, trying to figure out what are these terms. And I figure I might as well just bake it into the guidebook so that we've all got them at our fingertips and then fill out the outline. Keep in mind that I myself am a user of the Thigh Paragraph business plan. This is how I manage my own business. This is how I work with other entrepreneurs and other business leaders in order to manage their business. This is what I train corporations on how to manage their businesses, right? They always ask us, how did the military actually go out and perform these tasks? It's not just the leadership traits and characteristics and values and what have you. It's these methods. It's these templates. It's these different pieces of education. And it's utilizing it as tools in the toolbox, so to speak, right? So these different formulas are always at your fingertips. They're in the guidebook specifically And I go through these different things, not just formulas, but also commonly used terms, such as earnings retained, dividends. uh, I don't really go into the distribution of dividends that's based upon you and your advisors and your executive leadership, potentially the board of directors on when and how they want to distribute. It's based upon your profitability over time and what that timeline looks like. I talk about the growth rate. And how you can calculate a percentage growth rate. Now keep in mind, why am I doing these things, okay? 
Why am I talking about year over year and quarter over quarter and return on equity, return on assets, return on investment? I'm talking about earnings before interest and taxes and earnings before interest, taxes, and amortization. These are the things that happen after break-even. Okay, so you, you break-even, now you're profitable. You're making loads of money. Yes, congrats. That's fantastic. People helped you do that. You're framing that up. You're about to ask them for money, right? Whether that's, hey, I need to fund this project. I've got to go out and get an investment seed or a series or one of these other different investments in order to achieve success. You're asking somebody for a resource in order to go out and achieve that success. Okay, so here's where I'm going to break even. And beyond that, here's where we're going to be profitable. And beyond that, here's our growth rate year over year, quarter over quarter, whatever it winds up being. And then you have the ability to show your return on that equity as well as the return on the assets and then your return on the overall investment based upon the investment revenue you've gained minus the investment cost divided by the investment cost overall. And I'm not trying to just slide over top of your head, okay? The reason why I've outlined it in the guidebook like this and I've broken it down in this way is because by the time you get to EBIT and EBITDA, right, that's valuing a company, essentially, you don't build companies to sell them, right, you build them so that other people buy them. It's a little bit different. I know that it seems the same, but it's different. You're, you're building a company so that somebody buys it. In here, you're showing the potential for an exit strategy. Now, it could be argued that if you have an exit strategy, you're not passionate about your business. I would argue you need to have an exit strategy for the other people who have empowered you along the way to pursue mission success. I, I'm under this philosophy where I'm the first guy in and the last guy out. So an exit strategy pertains to if an investor would like to put to their shares in the company to me or to the company overall, they, 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 they know when they're able to exit. So it's an, an exit strategy coming out of this shows, okay, here's the break even, here's our profitability, here's when investors are going to potentially get paid and then when investors can potentially leave the company now you only have let's say the officers the board of directors limited shareholders let's say you take it public you know you're always private but you're making money and you're profitable and all the investors are out now you have an exit strategy essentially for you right in the long term so me personally, and this is coming through advisors and mentors and other different colleagues and clientele that are out there, the exit strategy is more so for the investors and the people who have helped you get along the way. You're outlining that and you're developing the documentation. You're putting all of these different things together. And frankly, this is going to be that your, your pro forma in what you're developing is all of this financial information that you have compiled and put together, okay? So what you're doing is you're outlining three to five years and you're potentially doing all of the growth elements in the long term, as I said, to outline that return on investment, okay? So you develop that documentation and you make it a struggle, 
for someone to challenge your assumptions. You make it a struggle for somebody looking through your stuff to actually find anything wrong with it. I challenge you to go through all of my numbers. I challenge you to go through the plan. I challenge you to check it out. And I challenge you to in turn push back and ask me questions. And if I don't know the answer, you know what? You bring up a great point. I don't have an answer to that right now. I will figure it out and I'll get back to you ASAP. All right, because thank you. I really appreciate your input. And that's not blowing smoke up your ass. That's somebody who who values their input that was provided to them. And I'm going to discuss this in a later episode when we talk about delivering a pitch and listening after the listening, attentively listening. Answer the questions that need to be answered, but don't play whack-a-mole with all of the different questions. Listen, pull out your notebook, write down a lot of this information that that people are, are providing you as far as how you can adapt your plan, change your overall pitch, potentially become better and grow as a business owner or as a business leader. All right, so we've come to the culmination. We're doing the ask. It seems pretty simple, but it's the crescendo inside of your pitch. It's the, it is the big, huge climax within your overall pitch deck and whenever you're engaging with somebody. So, of course, there is a great amount of importance that leads to this one little singular moment. Okay, so it's a big, huge uphill stretch or a big, huge uphill climb, a big, huge struggle to get there. And then the moment is over. But it's got to be clear, concise, and to the point. What you're doing is you're saying, okay, this is all of the elements of my five-paragraph business plan. It indicates all of the all of the things that I'm going to to do and have done and put into place and everything else and and several different layers of due diligence that I have already gone through and so on and so forth, right? So now you've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of salt so to speak you, you show business prowess and comprehension you show that you have an acumen for being able to 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 handle the role that you are actively committing yourself to okay so now what you're doing is you're outlining your desire for financing the offering this is the deal structured in your pitch for money Okay, so this is your offering. I'm willing to part with X amount in regard to X given resources. Typically, you're talking about parting with equity in order to uh, gain resources. That might be through capital. That might be through additional things such as a spot on an advisory board, a spot as a board member, so on and so forth. There are all sorts of different things that you can leverage on the other side of that equation. We're talking about capitalization needs, use of funds, and then, of course, the investor's return. Remember, the exit strategy is for the investor. Okay, so in the ask, what you are doing is you are saying we are offering up equity shares, you know, things of that nature, uh, equipment, product, services, so on, within an ask. Now, that ask is, it could be, a variety of different things based upon the needs that you have. It is important to get to this stage as far as an ask 
based upon everything that you have done in the five paragraph business plan to this point. That is why it is strategically placed within the five paragraph business plan. You're going to outline your ask and it might seem too big. You're going to say, I need a hundred million dollars. Oh, you better, you better be able to back up why you need a hundred million dollars in order to accomplish that mission. Right? So you look at it and you go, okay, right now yeah, I need a hundred million dollars, but if I can leverage some of my adjacent units in order to accomplish, let's say, a logistics need, then you're going to be better off in your overall ask. So this is my little nugget of wisdom, my little lessons learned, so on and so forth, but it pertains specifically to relationship building within business, okay? So you, you have not necessarily uh, given the ask in this stage of your plan, right? You have outlined what the ask is going to be, whether that is in exchange for equity, for capital, or so on. However, you have not laid out every single aspect that you are looking to accomplish or that it can potentially go towards, okay? You've outlined needs up top as far as what you overall need as a company. That does not mean that you need everything for your 30,000 foot vision right now today. You need to concentrate that all the way down into what you need right now to accomplish this phase within your overall mission to get to that next objective. And then potentially you're gonna need another round of investment, fingers crossed you don't, because you'll hit that break-even analysis, or excuse me, you'll hit the target within your break-even analysis turn a profit, exit your investors, and be able to march forward under your own steam. That's the goal, right? So under the ask, I've put logistics in here. These are the moving parts that are associated with routine business, okay? Now, this is supply chain management, construction, transportation, inventory management, warehouse management, customer care, hospitality. It's all in the outline that's right there so that you can follow along, not only in the book, but also in the templates, so if you're one of those like me where you followed the templates and went through the episodes first and you're still gauging whether or not you want to buy the book, totally understand it. This is in the outlines, okay? Now, you're also talking about the additional logistic concerns associated with your business, okay? So that is internally all of the moving parts imperative to accomplishing specific objectives and then including the contingencies for emergency situations, I know that this seems like a lot, okay? But what you've done is you've honed in on the overall the overall 30,000-foot plan, right? That is your five-paragraph business plan. And later on, you're going to see how you create these fragmentary plans that come out of your execution. Well, that break off of this original plan. And the whole point to it is each one of those are an objective an operational leader has been delegated the authority to lead that team, and they're accomplishing a mission that co-aligns with the overall greater mission of the company. Okay, so under logistics, I've broken down overall 30,000 foot, but then also the, the additional logistics concerns associated with your business within it. As far as from an operational standpoint. Now, I also discuss adjacent units. And we talked about this 
in the situation paragraph. Adjacent units could potentially be direct competitors. They could be uh, competitors of any nature. However, they are collaborative. Adjacent units are collaborative. If you're looking for uh, within a company, an adjacent unit is the team on the left and the right, whatever you want to call it, who have another functioning component that is of value in a similar sense to your own. Okay, so you provide a similar size or amount of value in your team as this other team does. Okay, that other unit is of similar stature and nature as your own. Potentially, you have an offset relationship where you are smaller and they are bigger, they are bigger, you are smaller. But what we're talking about here is a value exchange. All too often, people overlook this. And by the people in executive leader, operational leader, it doesn't matter. People in general overlook the relationships and the value that they put on relationships. Instead, it is a time or currency equation. If you are going to create a transaction where you've got good products or services, you can either offer time or you can offer money. I would say you can offer a third option, which is your own value in exchange for their value. A lot of business development people, this is commonplace, but there are a lot of folks who are out there who don't understand that a, a person on their team who values and understands how to connect the dots in between given relationships that are out there, that person unto themselves has become invaluable. Leverage your adjacent units. Exchange your goods and services. The reason why you created your company. Your mission statement and directive says you are going to add this value. Use that value as a bartering chip and structure a relationship with an adjacent unit. This is a contract. This is an agreement. I'm going to give you a little hint. You can write your agreements and your contracts in five-paragraph order format, in five-paragraph business plan format. And I show you how, in, in not in episodes, but I show you how later on in some of my other different tutorials as far as how you can use this methodology inside of the operations of your business. Okay, so I want to circle back. I want to highlight some of these different things, and then I want to wrap it up. And, uh, and I thank you so much for listening to this episode. Really, this is probably one of the most, if not the most valuable episodes uh, as far as the five-paragraph business plan tutorials are concerned. It is talking about the break-even analysis. Yes, it is logic. It is numbers. It is going to show you a straight-line graph. When you apply all of the other cost structures, when you apply your seasonality, when you apply price points and sales fluctuations and so on and so forth, your break-even analysis chart is going to start looking a little bit different. Your break-even analysis graph. Okay, out of that, you show where you're going to be profitable in a timeline sense based upon the phases of growth within your business. Past that profitability point, then you have the ability to distribute dividends when you have the ability to distribute dividends then we're talking about return on investment for your investors 
who have empowered you to get this far and what an exit strategy for those investors would potentially look like. Well, then in the ask, you talk about your company offering, what you're willing to offer up as far as equity or whatever it may be in exchange for capital and or given resources. And again, this ask is something that can be tailored for the person that you're sitting across from, whether it's an investor, another team leader, somebody like that, because an ask is associated with a logistics need more often than not. It's associated with the ability to support your mission success, okay, within that ask. You can take that ask and trim some of the fat by going and leveraging your own value in a barter exchange through relationships that you have established. Business is about relationship building. So then you have multiple asks for a different type of person given a scenario for what you honestly need based upon the plan that you have constructed. Well, thank goodness you went through and constructed that plan in such detail so that now you understand exactly what your asks are and then you can truly determine whether or not you need $100 million. Maybe all you need is 10000 to get started in this area of the market, which you have targeted as the critical vulnerability, now you're going to execute your exploitation plan and saturate that smaller market, thus monopolizing it and expanding out into a broader market. See how each one of these different elements of the plan then builds upon itself. And that's the beauty and the simplicity in it overall. This portion that we just covered is in regard to the space and logistics portion of the template found in your METTSL template. It includes building a capital runway, growth assumptions, and sustainment plan. They're all keys to running a successful business. You got to talk about where you're going to be operating. That's portion of the space that is associated with this. That might be capital constraints that you have for construction as well logistics needs and concerns that you have there as far as in your space. But we're also talking about the logistics that are associated with creating that space, fleshing it out and actually getting the business up and running. So if you're following along, which you should be in your guidebook in your Met TSL template, now you know where space and logistics are found, right? So notice how I've gone all the way through all of these different admin and logistics notes within the paragraph, all so that you can basically boil it down and concentrate to what are the big block things that you're going to need. Space. Uh, we're going to need a brick and mortar location. Okay, cool. So then there's going to be space considerations. Logistics. And that is more associated with the how you're actually going to accomplish this, which you've outlined earlier on in your five-paragraph business plan. Keep listening Keep going through the guidebook. Keep going through the templates. Keep listening to the episodes. Join the forum. Join the group. Be a part of the conversation. Get on the phone with us. Give us 15 minutes to change your life. Get on the phone. Go through the template with one of our advisors. Get a workbook. You're going to see the value in this. Get started with a five-paragraph business plan today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.